0: You release a film like The Avengers, a film that defies expectations and smashes records to gross 200 million dollars in its opening weekend. You should know that you have a cultural phenomenon on your hands and should plan for your future accordingly. But arguably, Marvel Studios in 2012 wasn't expecting this kind of massive success. But arguably, Marvel Studios in 2012 wasn't expecting this kind of massive success and their prominent traces of their cultural footprint on Hollywood and mainstream culture. After the success of The Avengers, Marvel Studios expected to, well, keep making more movies. This is partly why Iron Man 3, a poignant and surprisingly moving character study on Tony Stark rather than Iron Man and The Avengers, received a somewhat mixed bag of reactions. Yet surprisingly, the bigger that Marvel Studios has grown, the more that they have excelled at dealing with their newfound status, success, and surrounding situations. Six years after the release of Iron Man 3, Marvel Studios has learned to plan for their own future, and have mastered the balance of expanding upon their own universe while sharing high-quality, moving stories about characters we've come to grow and love. And no film shows this balance more than Spider-Man Far From Home. That was a portion of my review, um, Spider-Man Far From Home, Flaunts Marvel's Foresight and Future, spoiler-free, that you can read right now on medium.com apmarvel. And today we are going to break down Spider-Man Far From Home in our hot take. Joining me is Chris, as always.
1: Hey, Izzy. Man, I really want the term hot take to just die a slow and painful death.
0: <laughs> I feel like we've just incorporated so much that...
1: I mean, not, for, not in our... I mean, like, in general, in, like, society, <laughs> because, like, okay, everyone, so people are like, oh, I got a hot take right here. It's like, no,
2: you have an opinion. Like, just say <laughs> <an> opinion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What if the opinion's hot? Chris, what if it's real hot? Ah, well, people just say
1: the word "take" by itself anyway. It's like, yo, yo, let me, me hear my take on this. It's like, okay, I'm ready for your opinion on that. Like, to say that, I mean, sure, "take" is fewer syllables, but I digress. Thomas,
0: I mean, I <laughs>
2: hi, I'm also here. <laughs>
0: What well, would you prefer, Supernova take, Chris? Which is what we called our last hot take I mean, Supernova
1: take was my suggestion only because hot <laughs> take is something that was just so tired to me.
2: Well, so here's the problem. Because uh, Dark Phoenix was disappointing is distinctly a take. It is not a hot take. <laughs> if you'd gone on and been like Dark Phoenix is the best X-Men movie, label that shit Supernova hot take. Absolutely, like yeah. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I think... I have sort of a hot take for Far From Home, based on the you Discord do. rumblings. Yeah. Um. Before I get to that, though, let's see what everyone else thought of Far From Home.
1: I liked it. I okay, you two know this, um, having seen Endgame Game with me, but I came out of End Game really exhausted. <laughs> Thomas, you were there, like in the car. Yes. Drive. Yes, I yeah. was. Yeah, and I was like, okay, Anthony, you don't, don't fucking play the Avengers soundtrack. I don't want to talk about this yeah. goddamn movie. And like, I I still loved Endgame, but it was just like, I I I I was just so drained. And at that point, I was like, okay, if they never made another MCU movie after this, I would be okay with that. And that seemed to have worried you and you and Anthony. <laughs> and Anthony was even like. Are, Are you gonna watch Far From Home? And I was like, Yeah, I mean I'll watch it. So that I did. Yes, I I... Far From Home, and I'm excited about the MCU again. So there you go. There (laughs) you go.
2: Woo! Hot takeover. That's thank you everyone. Like to thank Charles Villanueva for (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. No, I remember you being super worn out, and I I don't know how Marvel because if you'd asked me coming out of the endgame, like should they push far from home further away? I would have been like, yeah, like this is too, they're too close together. Like you need to give this time to breathe. And now like this past weekend, I was like, man, I'm right. Really, like for the first time since Endgame, I'm jonesing for a new Avengers or a new Marvel movie. And it was just next week. And I was like, wow, you guys <laughs> knew me better than I knew myself. <laughs> that was well played. And like good job making sure that no other good movies came out in between the two. So that was, right. that was neat.
1: I mean, I, I mean the uh, the the thing that was kind of like poking in our brain was, oh, like what 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 are the consequences of this? You know, like I had to know right away because mm-hmm. they did a lot of things in Endgame. They did. So <laughs> we say yeah. at the top of the show that this is they're going to be spoilers in this
0: episode. Oh yeah, there are going to be spoilers in this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, unlike are. my review on Medium.com slash AP Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, so I also really like this movie. I thought, like I say in my review, like I think it's a film everyone should watch, especially today. But this had a lot of this movie had some problems, and I mean every Marvel movie does. But this movie had like a lot of problems that maybe I was like feeling a bit like the Marvel fatigue too. But I, I guess like they they felt like more they felt like more of a burden on me more. Um. Uh-
2: I kind of got the impression that, like, Marvel fatigue was not what you had, because your problem with the movie were all of the non-stereotypical Marvel
0: things. That's true, but I think, like, I think that first hour might have been, like, like, the first hour where I was, like, just not, like, feeling the movie at all. Like, I don't know. It was just, like, Marvel fatigue, not in the sense of, like, the inter-universe, like, connectivity of it, but just, like... Like, just, this is what a Marvel, almost like, almost like what a, this is like what a Marvel movie does. Like, it sets you up, and then it'll lead to these revelations later on, but just, like, that setup was so, like, it was interesting, but, like, not interesting enough. Like, I say in my review, like, the first 15 minutes, you're like, oh my god, it's an Marvel movie, I'm excited. Like, this, like, for, like, the first five minutes were hilarious, and I looked at the font, and, like, comic Sans, I'm like, oh no, like... (laughs) I know what's about to happen. Loved it. Loved it. Yes. I yeah, that was so uh, good. I mean,
1: what movie were you like sitting down to watch? Were you watching for MCU Part Twenty Three, or were you watching like Spider Man Two?
0: Like, I think. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I wanted to watch like a home, like a sequel to Homecoming, and like I did get that. Like they, and I do say like the balance, like the balance that. This movie strikes between like a Spider like a Tom Holland Spider Man story, and like an MC film is near perfect. It's just that sometimes those parts that I think were the Tom Holland Spider Man story, like, did drag a lot. Like, because, for example, like, you'd think Peter would be smarter than this. <laughs> for example, I guess.
2: I, I don't, don't know. know if you would assume that.
0: I just don't understand how one young boy can be so dumb.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think Izzy, we, so I read your article and um, my take is that we agree that the movie was good, but I think that the things we didn't like are completely mutually exclusive. Like everything you didn't like, I loved. And I think everything I'm going to talk about that I didn't like is in like the second half of the film and you're going to say that you like. That's my
0: guess. That might be true. Yeah. But yeah, like, I guess to sum it up, like, so some people, like, we're saying on Discord, I guess, so the top, like, it is definitely, like, one of the best Spider-Man movies, like, but it's not as good as Homecoming, and it's not a top five MCU film. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Error valid. I feel similarly to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, nitty-gritty, what do you want to talk about specifically in the movie, Izzy?
0: Um, so, going through what we have here, and following along the lines, um, Yeah, part of me can't believe sometimes that Pierre is like this dumb. Like when he gives Mysterio (laughs) the glasses, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you this dumb? Because Peter Parker, no, no, no. Peter Parker doesn't know there's
2: a comic book villain named Mysterio who's a liar and a trickster. Like, Because that's what we all went into this with, is like, this guy is clearly a con man because we already know that from the comics. Like if you watch it with fresh eyes, that was the most believable decision in the whole movie.
0: I guess, I guess, I definitely see that. true. I definitely agree with that because I did feel like some of that validity. But at the same time, this is the last thing that like Tony Stark, like your dead, like mentor, like you trusted him, like he trusted you, like it's the last thing like he gave to you. Like why would you give that away?
2: Because he didn't want it.
0: Yeah, that's also valid. His reasoning was
1: very strange. It was like, oh, I feel like Tony Stark gave me these glasses so I can decide who the next Iron Man is. And it's like you kind of, yeah, I don't know, you projected really hard. You just added that extra step in yourself. Like, yeah. The, it, it, it didn't, like, it's, I believed it in the moment, but it's on like the- one of those things I think back at and like, hmm, that was kind of a boneheaded move, Pete.
0: Yeah, sure, like, yeah. I think it's that.
2: But that's what the movie's about is, like, Spider-Man is not supposed to be an infallible character. He is defined by his mistakes. Like, a lot of... Everything he fights in both movies is either, like, a, a consequence of Tony's decisions or a consequence of his mistakes. Like, that's everything in the movie. So, for the final fight to be him cleaning up a mess that he caused is quintessential Spider-Man.
1: No, you're right. I mean, the, yeah. the only thing that I have take issue with is that... There was too much of uh Tony's mistakes affecting Spidey when, like, yeah, you know, like Tony's hanging over like a specter because you know he's dead. But hmm. it, it's I am looking forward to a an MCU Spider Man movie that is free of Iron Man baggage.
0: Me too. Like I, I hope,
2: definitely agree.
0: I hope the third if there if the third Spider Man film like depending on like Tom Holland's contract like. If the third Spider-Man film had an Iron Man-centric villain and stars like some ties to Iron Man's capacity, I would be very disappointed and very concerned.
2: The thing is, this was never going to be that movie. There was no way that the first MCU film after Endgame, where Tony sacrifices himself in front of his protege, and he's been such a big part of Spider-Man's life, there's no way this film wasn't going to be about. Again. Oh,
0: I I agree with that. And I think I they like... did
2: a good job with it, though. Like, the idea of, like, passing the torch to the old, giving way to the new, and the new having, like, step up into that. Like, all of that thematically was, in my opinion, the best part of the movie. Like, not the Tony specifically, but just, like, that theme, which this movie was perfectly poised to take advantage of, and did.
0: Yeah, I agree that the social issues and commentary were, like, the strongest part of the movie. I was just, like, surprised by how... I guess, how much Iron Man felt like he was looming over, like, far from home. And, like, I, like you're absolutely right, Thomas. If this film, like, if Mystira was not pulled from Iron Man's past, for example, I would be, I would just be like, why? Like, that makes no sense. Like, I do agree, like, this is the film, like, where you need to talk about Iron, like, just interview Iron Man, like, to a slightly larger degree. But I guess i was just surprised by how much, like, felt, rely on Tony Stark, like for example, like the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin Edith is like Tony Stark tech. Like it felt like sixty. It felt like like if Iron Man did not exist in this universe, like sixty percent of the material like would not have existed. Which is not a problem, but just an interesting, I think, observation. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Phrase. So
1: okay, a c- c- couple things on my end. Um, number one, I. I expected a lot of Tony Starkness in this movie. I think my main problem was that um, I that again the villain was someone who was spurned by Tony Stark. You know exactly. Like, um, that that was the and we, we'll talk about Mysterio later. So I'll get more in depth with that. But number two, I feel that they were trying to say out loud that okay. Peter feels like he has to live up to Tony, but he doesn't necessarily have to because like happy said on the plane, you can't be Tony Stark. No one could be Tony Stark. You know, it's the message I got like thematically was that Peter Parker needs to be his own person. And I felt that um, if you look at this from like a meta contextual standpoint, you can view it as Marvel Studios trying to say, oh, um, either is or or, depending on how you interpret the movie, Spider-Man is, is or is or is not um, our next, like, number one name like Iron Man was, you know? Like, is he going to fill in that role within the universe and also... As like the face of this multi-billion dollar franchise. And I felt like they were saying, no, don't expect him to be the same as Iron Man. The thing that contradicts that is I love the scene where he builds his own suit. Yeah. yeah That's something I was waiting for from Spider-Man like for, forever because like Civil War and Homecoming, like he uses suits that are uh, besides his um, his um.
0: Handcrafted Six hoodie one. suit. Whatever. Yeah. Uh
1: besides that, all of his other suits are made by Tony Stark, mm-hmm. which takes away from part of um what you know to be the Spider-Man character, which is why, you know, despite him using Stark resources, he's still designing, he's testing, he's making his own suit. And I loved that. The thing is that there's that one scene, there's that one little bit in that scene. Where he like puts his hands through the uh, the holographic web slinger. Mm-hmm. that's meant to emulate uh, when Tony Stark did that in Iron Man one when he's like designing his own suit. And the movie shows Happy, um, like kind of smiling at that, like and you know, through acting, you know what's going through his head. It's like, oh, he's just like Tony Stark. Which contradicts what he said literally the previous scene. So...
2: I got a different message from
1: the movie. Sure, yeah, go ahead.
2: The message that I got from the movie was as soon as you stop trying to be someone that you're... like, the, as good as the greatest of the previous generation is when you can start actually filling their shoes. Is, once you have, like, abandoned the idea that you are going to live up to your expectations for this other person... That you can actually um, start the, like, the work that you wish you could have started all along. Um, because I, I yeah. feel like this movie is about Peter grappling with the responsibility of being the next Iron Man. Like literally stated many times, I do agree that that theme was like hammered home. Um, and I wish that they'd said it less. I liked all of the visual imagery. Like Tony Stark literally looming over their trip at the airport was great. Like a lot of the visuals in the background and stuff were, were fantastic. I wish they'd mm-hmm. said it less often. But it stands that like, they're very clear. Is, Tony, is Peter Parker going to be the next Iron Man? And the thing that Peter needs to do isn't to say, no, I'm not going to be the next Iron Man. What he needs to do is say like, that does that's not an important question. I am I am me. There's work to be done that is no longer being done by Iron Man. Like, how am I personally gonna do the work? Um so cause, cause him giving the glasses away would be, I'm not gonna be the next Iron Man. Like, and that is the biggest mistake of the movie. Um so like his his catharsis isn't I'm not Iron Man, it's I'm going to do the work that Iron Man did, but my own way. Um, And you do get like, like you do get the nod with the holographic projector and stuff like that. But I didn't, I didn't interpret that as um, he's now Iron Man. I interpreted that as like, he's in the shoes now and he's like on his way.
1: Sure. Though I I totally sympathize with a lot of like hardcore Spider-Man movies who did interpret it that way. And you know, they they don't want Spider-Man to be just Iron Man, you know?
2: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: So I I like I like your your sorry I like your take on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But um, I think I don't know. I, this would have been like telegraphing too much if they had done this. But if they had Peter actively trying to trying to ask like what would Iron Man do during the movie and like would mess up um during that, that would have been more obvious. Uh, yeah, granted, that probably would have been cheesier.
0: Oh, definitely. I yeah. think like I think cuz like in the Iron Break like, when I was first watching the trailers, like they I felt like they're asking like, who's going to be the next Iron Man. Like I thought they sort of asked that way too much, but I think once you start to warm up to the idea and then see that translated into the film, I was a much bigger, I guess. I was more on board with it because it is like a legitimate question like they do need to ask. And I think they handled it and like sort of mentioned it like sort of fairly well because like it is a question like always looming over the whole movie especially like when you think about like the real world implications but and i think they knew that and so they try i think i think they mentioned it like when appropriate they didn't try to like shoehorn it in and i think like i think my take on that scene seemed like a mixture between like um both like chris and thomas's where like yes i do agree like Spider-Man really only got to become his own person when he stopped trying to take over Iron Man's place. But you can still see that, like, Tony Stark's, like, mind and intellect and, like, the values he carries, like, are still present in Parker. And as we move forward in the Marvel's Night Universe, he will carry somewhat of that spirit with him. And so that's sort of what I took it as. And I did appreciate that, like, he made his own suit. That's what I missed a lot in, like, Homecoming and Civil War, as compared to, like, Garfield and McGuire's films.
2: I do feel like they missed a trick with doing an Iron Man 3 style, like, he's has no suit out of resources and has to make his own with a more, like, scrappy feel to it. But, I think that um, would have been
0: too similar to Homecoming.
2: Well, Homecoming, he just puts on the sweatshirt and goes and you know that's fair Uh,
0: but it's like i feel like it could also be seen as like him like it could also be seen as like that sequence sorry to cut you off yeah no you're right
1: say uh you know we all we all know the mantra with great power comes great responsibility and the last thing i'll say about peter parker's arc here is that i found it hilarious that the physical uh embodiment of that responsibility was a pair of ai glasses that can call in drone (laughs) strikes like lethal drone strikes (laughs) With lethal power comes great responsibility.
2: It really yeah. did, like, hit home during the bus scene. I, d- I didn't necessarily like the drone attack on the bus, but it really, like, it really struck you that like, all he has to say is one sentence and, like, people die. Like, that's, that's the power that Tony gave him. Yeah. yeah. And it's... That was a weird-ass scene. You can't help but sympathize with him when he's like, I am not ready for this. This mm-hmm. is too much.
1: Yeah, you gave him access to lethal drones. Um, Why would you give un- a
0: teenager yeah. access to lethal drones? God, I do understand you that, that, was, point. That,
1: that was to set up Mysterio using drones later on, but like starting with that, yep. like as like, like introducing that concept in that scene, just felt so off. It was so strange.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's enough about Peter for
0: me. Yeah. Do you think like so? Small aside that will go on. Do you think they introduced the drones too early? Maybe I don't know
1: was... how else they could have done it, but like th- then again, I haven't thought too much about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think sure. yeah. I will... It that scene felt like exposition, but it was also it like it carried its own stakes. Um, but yeah, I it was out of place. I will agree.
1: I love how he knocked Flash out. That was hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Like. When I mentioned that, like, you see Far From Home from a Blender at times, like, like, because you see, like, yeah, because, like, Peter punches Flash, and, like, this random girl's like, did you just punch Flash? Like, that's when it starts to feel like, oh, God, like, there's all these different characters, like, in Peter's, like, like, you just didn't really see before, and, like, that's where it started. But him punching Flash, like, especially after inadvertently, like, Flash calling him, like, Penis Parker so many times, it's, like, it's a little deserved, like, it's kind of funny in that way. I also no, love was... how
1: Flash just wakes up and, like, just, just now realize what happens. Like, he
2: just. Yeah. Him, you know. yeah, though, that was such wish fulfillment with, like, bullies. Because, you know, if he'd taken, like, Peter's favorite hat, Peter would have never done that. But Peter's like, all right, someone's life is in danger. Like, this needs to get sorted. I'm not holding back. He just slaps him. <laughs> that was great. Um, I will say, my least favorite part of this movie was just the drones. Um,. And I'll get into it later. But, like, as a final villain fight, that was the most generic, faceless army of bad guys you could have possibly come up with. Um, Yeah, they were dumb, and I didn't like them anytime they appeared in the film.
0: They were faceless, like, literally faceless. Yeah. And they're also, like, the most... Like, they
2: come out of nowhere. Tony has never had drones that look like that. He's never talked about a drone army program like nothing of that kind so they just appeared in this film and i'm like oh so they're gonna all be destroyed by the end of this film because that's what they're for is to be destroyed in this film
0: easily destructible
2: yeah it was yeah oh no a drone's gonna take out spider-man in this movie no <laughs> no it's the
1: real enemy drones yeah that was that's stupid. the herring social commentary that izzy's talking about no, it's not.
0: Crones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what right. other characters Izzy?
0: Yeah. Um, so I feel like before we get to the big one, which is Mysterio, most likely, um, are there any other characters that like stood out to you?
2: Well, just based off the uh, bullet points on the Google document, I think MJ had a very interesting change <laughs> <laughs> in this movie. I actually really did. I, I was really proud of the way that they fleshed her out a little bit while keeping true to what they
0: established in
2: Homecoming in this movie.
0: Yeah, me too. She, she has a like, very
1: Daria like quality, like that kind of sardonic, but like in a twenty first century way, like um, you know, very socially conscious. And <laughs> um, I, I like it, it's it's not very like Mary Jane Watson ish, but like it's it's a very good character. I feel like I, I couldn't give yeah. a shit about if it, it's actually. Yeah. It's almost thing.
0: like anti Mary Jane Watson, yeah. if you think about it. because like she's like she's somewhat popular. But she's not like that, like popular, like Queen B girl. Like she reads like these political like books in her time, and like likes the Black Dahlia because of like murder. And Uh, yeah, yeah. But she's definitely not not
1: the um. She's definitely not the face of Tiger. You just hit the jackpot, MJ. She's the Yeah, like she's she's the very opposite of that because she Mm -hmm. is not. She lacks confidence in her ability to connect with people. Yeah, and that's and why that, the bridge kiss, as like painfully awkward as that was, like that it was
2: helped. Perfect.
0: It was up, so right. genuine, good.
2: You know? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, because like in Homecoming, I would have hated so- like the first time I watched Homecoming, I would have hated something like that. But like seeing it in Far From Home, it's like yes, it's exactly what would have happened, and it's satisfying, yeah. and it's so good.
2: That was that was so... I'm so glad that they didn't ham that, that kiss up more and make it more cliche. Like, that was what we needed. Um, but I, there was this line. I don't remember whether it was in... Um, where were they? Prague? Um, for probably. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's like, I haven't had a lot of luck getting close to people or something like that, right? That was probably sure. Prague. That, that
0: might have been London.
2: That implied to me that implied like a, a backstory without needing to like go through it, which I really appreciated. Cause um, I think that like they could have gone the route of like flashbacks to Mary Jane's past where like her parents leave or something, but they, they were just like, this is a person who exists now with a story that is real and informs their decisions. And like, we don't need to get into it, which is totally my favorite way of doing storytelling because it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, spoon feed you but also like makes it real
0: yeah and i remember like i remember hearing that line too when like felt so i did like feel really connected to mj in this movie because like she's like she has trouble like like she, uh, yeah she mentions she so has like she has like a hard time like reaching out to people and like making those connections and like in that's like the romantic department like it seems like Peter is like this first guy like she's ever liked or make, if there was something in like this history, like we don't know about it, which is like, which is the great thing too. Like you can speculate what happened, like, and it's different for a lot of people, but like, I appreciate like that, like it felt very real to me. And I liked that a lot. And I think like MJ is like a really good love interest, like for Peter Parker, like in like this modern era.
1: Do you think they skipped to the romance too much in this movie? Because I feel that Homecoming had a couple hints because MJ would kept like looking at Peter. He kept observing him. And you know, the end reveal when like Michelle is MJ, like that signal to the audience that there'd be a budding romance in the future. But Far From Home begins with, with him already crushing on her. I felt like they kind of
0: something I think that. The good thing, I think, one of the things I liked, I kind of liked about *Far From Home* was that the relation, that relationship, felt like self-contained. Because, like you're right, in *Far* and like *Homecoming*, it was like mostly just a bunch of like one, li- a bunch of like one-liners, and you just, and you like, and like you see like Peter give that look like, like, why is she like talking like that, you know? But like you assume, but I think you can assume also that like in the time that she becomes like the debate captain, I I forgot the team, but like the debate captain, and like this movie, like they become closer and you see that, like, Peter Park. Like, if you... I think if you start... Like, yeah, if you start this relationship, like, in this movie, being like, yeah, like, I like M. Dennis, so I'm gonna get her. Like, it's very self-contained. Like, I actually kind of like that. Like, it's... Like, if you have never watched a Marvel movie before, and you just watched Far From Home's your first movie, you really didn't need Homecoming to learn more about their relationship, if that makes any sense.
2: Sure. I actually also thought... Because I, I thought about this too, Chris. I was like, wow, like, it feels like Peter went from just sort of friends with MJ to like straight up having a like sed- seduction plan in, in place. <laughs> um, which by the way, I leaned over, uh, I, I saw the movie with my girlfriend. I leaned over after he was like doing like, all right, here's the steps like this and this and this. Um, and then Ned being like, no, let's be bachelor's in Europe. I was like, that's the most relatable set of high school boy dialogue I've seen in a movie uh. <laughs> in my entire life. That, but like, I felt like actually this was a legacy of um, Endgame and Infinity War because I think that Peter emerged from that with a, like, a perspective of wanting a normal life, like wanting to have... Um, like he died once, like literally. And then also this, this whole traumatic battle that you just saw him in the fetal position on the field um, where I have to imagine he comes home and he's like, okay, like, no more putting anything off. Like That gave him the jolt of confidence he needed to like, m- like, m- move forward on this plan with this girl. Um, and like, made it high enough stakes for him to like, not want anything to be messed up and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it was never explicitly stated, but I felt like the, the shift was because of Endgame.
0: Yeah, I see that too.
1: Uh, last I'll say is that I love how they gave her a mace
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you might need this. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's get in, let's get into the big boy.
1: The Fishbowl Boy.
0: Fishbowl <laughs> boy. Yeah, I so I am currently like trying to rewatch all Marvel movies and like trying to re rank everything like for myself, including like the villains. And right now I think Mysterio is a better villain than Loki.
2: Hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that.
0: I I think like I think Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is perfect. I think like because like the thing because I think the thing that I like about like it's like I also put like Killmonger over Loki for instance but like those two villains have like so much like, more social meaning. Loki is more of like a hey hey like I can turn into snakes and like is a more fun like traditional comic book villain which is great and I think like in those aspects he's like the best. But I think I just personally like Mysterio more because it's like that additional like social weight to it and I thought like like he had like more of a meeting if that makes any sense.
2: There was a line in Far From Home that ruined Mysterio for me a little bit. And it was when he was talking about getting fired for being quote a little unstable. And to me, that ruined it because it was no longer a, like, jilted, like, tech genius. It was more, like, they're just going with a, this guy is crazy. So whatever decisions he makes for the plot is fine because he's a little unstable. Um, and I, they didn't lean into it too hard, but they did fall back on it a couple times. Um, he made, like, a lot of really impulsive decisions in, like, that final... Battle because he was mad, and I felt like the movie was chalking that up to, like, oh, yeah, he's just like a psychopath, so he does crazy things. Um, and I wish that instead of that, they had leaned a lot more into the um, I have this written later in the Google Doc, but the li- a little more into the superhero by committee because when we learned that there's like a whole team of people working on this project. I think it's much more fun for the quirks to come from, like, the bureaucracy and, like, the people interacting with each other. And I wish we'd gotten, like, like the first part of the film is all about, like, the actor, you know, who Jake Gyllenhaal plays, like, who's playing Mysterio. And maybe he's very egocentric because he's, like, I'm the face of this whole operation. Um, but maybe just, like, there are tech issues with the tech guy or, like, costume people didn't coordinate properly. Like, I wanted that to be Mysterio's, like, failing, not jake Joel's character being really angry and doing stupid stuff at the end and i was I- into to like ant-man
1: 1 territories of like oh um all the things are happening because of this um explicit the uh, sense of insanity that this villain has and that was just meant to like kind of justify any um like like you said the impulsive decisions and that just they, honestly, I forgot about that line when they when the, the unstable line. Um they again showing not telling is a cliche, but that's something that could have served Mysterio a little better. And I think it's went to it just went to uh, show how undercooked Mysterio's motivation was to me you know, like, I definitely think um, visually, Mysterio is probably one of my favorite MCU villains, but in terms of, like, as a character, as someone with motivation, it just did not jive with me. I think they could have, um, I think there there were so many more options of, um, that they could have, so many different routes they could have taken with that character.
0: I think the psychopathic tendencies, like, didn't come from, like, I I took off that, like, unstable line It's like, Tony, like, Like Tony sort of like, like, sort of shit, like, just sort of like, um, swat him off as like unstable. But like, in reality, like, Jake Jill, like, like, um, Quentin Beck is not like unstable. That's just just Tony called him just to like, like, sort of like, yeah, like, flit him off and like just shows more of like Tony Stark's faults. And I thought the psychopathic tendencies came more from like, like, this like sort of motivation he has of like wanting to be like this greater public figure, like, getting to his head. Like, I thought. I thought that, like, I thought like the motivation, I guess, like, was warping him more. And that's, and like, actually, that's an area I thought that was, like, stronger where he wanted to, like, get in this sort of, sort of battle become, like, the quote we'll unquote, like, next Iron Man. Like, he wanted that power and, like, just that acclaim and wants to be a better Tony Stark. Like, that's what I sort of saw the motivation as. And the Superhero by Committee, I definitely also would want to see more of that. I couldn't tell if the committee were just, a little, I couldn't tell the committee. Like, also, sort of felt like some of like, sort of like disdain towards Mysterio because you kind of get that vibe that like he's clearly like, in charge and he's the only one getting the recognition, and they're just like all behind the scenes, really like because like Quentin Beck is getting acknowledged for like, what all of he's doing, but you don't know what everyone else does behind the scenes to make Mysterio work.
1: What do they get and, out of this? What do they want?
0: Exactly, and like you could get the sense that like they not are. They either aren't really big fans of him. The problem is I could not tell, like, from the actors also playing like Mystic the Mysterious, I guess, committee. Like, I couldn't tell if they felt that sort of like similar disdain, or if the actors were just bored and didn't want to be there. Like I So think about the
2: scene where Quentin Beck threatens everyone in the hangar with like drones pointed at their with guns pointed at their heads. Like that is clearly just him being a psychopath. Um, yeah. And it ruins the whole feel because I got the impression from the bar speech that everybody contributed, everybody had a part, we're, they're all working as a team, um, and like they're tolerating each other and getting through like, hardship because they're all going to be very rich when they get a hold of Tony Stark's like, legacy, whatever that happens to be. Like, that's what he said was, and his, like, very rich friends, um, and they're all cheering, and, like, this is how they're going to make it, is being part of this project. Um, But then when he's, like, pointing a gun at their heads to get them to do stuff, I'm like, okay, I no longer buy into that motivation. I think they're there because they're afraid of, like, being killed by him. Um, And that's a very different dynamic
0: than in just, like, a couple scenes prior. See, I think that's, but I think that scene is where I got the vibe of, like, yeah, like, that sort of, like, disdain towards Mysterio because, like, he is, out of all of them, he's the one receiving, like, the most praises. He's, like, the face of Mysterio to the public. So, that's where I sort of attributed that from. So, I sort of threaded that narrative line. And, like, it's, like, a, I guess it's, like, those workplaces, like, yeah, they'll have, like, some happy moments in, like, your workplace. But, like, it's not all great. But even if, like, in, like, the shittiest workplaces, like, there are... There could be like some moments of community, which is what I sort of saw. I think the dynamic, the dynamic was just like the dynamic was definitely off, and I was, I didn't know how to feel about it. But I think like yeah,
2: I leaned over in the theater and I, I said uh, during that scene where they're running through the projection and like upping the damage and whatever, I was like, oh, so the villain is Steve Jobs, and I kind of liked <laughs> that take, like that because that's the, ah, yeah. the annoying bossy micromanager character. That's fun. I liked that. And like people like being irritated with him or like going along with it cuz they think they're going to make money or like half-assing their jobs or whatever. Like that was funny. Like that was great. That was a perfect Spider-Man villain is like they have access to this technology, they have a good plan, like each of them is talented in their own right, but they don't work together well. That was fun. When he threatened them all with a gun, I was like this is no longer a Steve Jobs type boss. This is straight up like a kidnapper holding them hostage it's like this is psycho shit um so it it for me it fell apart with that and i don't think they needed it i do not think they needed that aspect of him um maybe they just did that so that he like the audience wanted him to be defeated more but i think we're all pretty much on tom hall and spider-man's side like we really love him yeah (laughs) I think even if they're like genuinely just disgruntled employees with no murder involved whatsoever just the fact that they are a fraud is enough for us
0: to be like yeah take them down Mm -hmm. Spider-Man get them I think like the main thesis, I guess we've all concluded to is that the committee behind Mysterio was presented in a very confusing manner
2: yes and was the most interesting part that they did not capitalize on
0: I, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I really, I will say the last thing about Mysterio for me, I really, and I didn't get to get to this in my view, but I loved how, like, Mysterio by the end of the movie has clearly just, like, broken Peter apart in every which way. Even though they played it for comedic timing at the end with, like, Happy and Aunt May, like, you can clearly see that Peter is so broken because he doesn't know who or what to trust and, like, what's real anymore.
2: yeah. Yeah, I really absolutely. like that. That was it's it's hard to get a villain whose superpower is just illusions. Like he drones. He, I guess okay. <laughs> I didn't like the drones. Like I guess he can shoot anyone anywhere with drones, but um, like his main thing is just like making things look different. And you're like, ah, he's not much of a threat. You know, he can't shoot lasers or anything. But he messed Peter Parker up without a single drone strike, just with illusions. Like, that yeah. was really good. Um, and it really did feel threatening. Like, a- after um, he wakes up after the bus ride, like, I bought that he's shaken to the core.
0: But you mean the train, like, getting hit the, by the train? hit
2: by a train, yes. Train ride, right. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, like, for me, it was, like, the end when, like, Tom Holland, which is a very confusing sequence. Tom Holland catches, like, Mysterio, like, trying to shoot him. I was like, yeah, this is a man who was beaten and broken, and he's 16. Like, like that's what was really like, sort of poignant for me. I loved that. I love that
2: little bit. That, that was, yeah, that was really good. Good he conclusion to his grabs, Yeah. The yeah. Just
1: desperation from that man and just how he um, triumphs over that I thought was really cool. But the visuals for Mysterio. Oh, Disney.
0: Doctor Strange wishes it could be. Really? Yeah. It was good. No, don't get me wrong. It was really good. Like, just, like, yeah, like, that sequence, like, with, like, with, like the zombie Iron Man and, like, and just all of that. I was, like, damn, like, this is, it's, like, somebody we talk about, like, how Doctor Strange tries to be, like, horror and like, whatnot. I was, like, legitimately scared during that sequence. Because, like... also,
2: like, he <laughs> saw him die. Like, he was, like, that is, a, that is a dead Iron Man that he has seen before. Yeah. That's a lot. When that happened I was
0: like wow huge spiders
1: were crazy. crawling out of a skull
0: that was yeah. nuts Doctor Strange wishes like cuz yeah. we thought, yeah cuz I'm not being like trying to be satirical hard no this was legitimately scary
2: Well and then the other part of that that I thought was really good was um it was like obviously a very scary illusion overall but he kept whacking into things as he was like running um and that like that physical impact, where all Mysterio has to do is like play on his fears and watch him like smash himself to death on concrete <laughs> pillars, was like, oh, uh, just heart wrenching the whole time.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm
1: really smartly done for sure.
0: <laughs> you know what it made me think of in some ways? Yeah, so when, <laughs> so like, there's a DC villain, Scarecrow. It made me oh, think yeah. of that. It made like if they do um no, Killian Murphy was Scarecrow, right? Like in Batman Begins,
1: and it all, all three of the movies. Yeah, but it, oh. people people have like hardcore Batman Arkham video games because um they they had a they had a hardcore vibe from that because of how how the, the those same illusionary mindfuck. I mindfuck. I mean, um more like pointed, psychological. Yeah. yeah um definitely got those same
0: vibes yeah like if like in the upcoming batman films with edward cohn himself Robert pattinson like i think that is the level that like if they introduce scarecrow that is the level he needs to be at like if more like that's what i sort of like that's what i sort of like realized like it's a little bit akin to and so i thought that was really cool that was in sure. Yeah. yeah
1: um what do you got next on here is he you're talking uh so, social issues yeah like this is
0: i think it's the big me. the stuff i think the biggest mediaest portion um of the movie and maybe of this episode like what i yeah like in like compared to homecoming where like watts like tr- just sort of beat around the bush about um about, like, socioeconomics and, like, blue-collar workers and, like, that sort of culture. I think he sort of, he like beat around the bush with that in Homecoming, which I wasn't a big fan of, but in this one, it, like, he learned from it and then just, like, went all out, which I love, like, and not just with, like, the legacy of the superhero and the coming-of-age-ness *Far of from Home, but, yeah, like, the superhero by committee, like, the, like, like more, like, worker relations between, like, Mysterio and, like, the, the committee of Mysterio and, like, Tony Star and, like, uh, the fake news, like in refer in reference, like to the end and like how Mister like constructs himself in the public eye, like he really like. I I loved how Watts just like ran with everything he stood for in the movie.
1: I totally disagree with a lot of things you said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um,
1: being around the bush in Homecoming. I mean, Michael Keaton had a monologue. Like, an extended monologue that, like, summed all of that up. And I felt that was a very, very definitive, very concrete thing that the movie argued for.
0: But I feel like that was, like, the only instance of that. Like, <laughs> the, the, they really the, didn't the, touch upon it like anything else. Like, besides, like, the beginning. It felt, like, very quiet. Sorry to cut you off.
1: I thought the... I thought Thought From Home left more breadcrumbs than anything, like, solid, you know? Like, to be honest, like... Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But while I was watching the movie, I forgot about a lot of that while actually watching the movie. <laughs> and I don't know how Thomas feels, about I, all this,
2: but this. suppose. So the social theme that struck me the most that I most resonated with was not something that, or, or maybe only tangentially related to the things that you said, Izzy. which was, um, do you remember in the bar when he's like, thanks to so-and-so for that story? Like, guy from another world who like fights elemental monsters is a par- is so crazy but like anyone will believe anything now because of what's happened. And I was like, wow, that's really like obviously for the MCU that is true. Like so much crazy shit has happened that at this point like the idea that there's someone from another world fighting elemental monsters doesn't phase anyone. Um, they completely buy it up. And also like to some degree the Increased level of like news coverage and connection in the real world has meant we are exposed to more weird things. So when something weird comes across our path, we are less calibrated to be skeptical of it. Um, I really liked that social commentary and the way that they sort of took advantage of that um, change felt very real to me. So that that's what I got into was um, the idea of sort of a trickster being enabled by the strangeness of the MCU, um, and obviously they play that up even more so in the in the post credit scene. But that was throughout the movie was the case.
0: you could know,
1: apply that to real life, honestly? Because um, you know, in in during like the Trump administration, there are just so many batshit crazy sound bites and so many weird headlines that are coming out of there. And at this point, like we're all just kind of numb to that, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. And like how. Like before, like how these and how like all these different like journals and publications like are given this like slight and like angle and like political link, which was definitely true before, but feels more emphasized now. Like that's where I think that also came into play as well. Like with um, the Daily Bugle, almost at times.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen the you know, like the the fake news, alternative facts, so and so angles. You know that's been kind of permeating a lot of our fiction as of late, and. I've definitely seen it done better in a lot of um <laughs> a lot of um media these days. Like Yeah. But sure. like you know, I'll I'll say like like one example I think is really great is the third season of Fargo on FX. I really um, thought you um, were gonna say dirto. Oh I thought you were gonna say no, Shield no, 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 no.
0: season four. No,
1: no, no, no. Fargo season three by far like my favorite example of this. And um it it, it was it was much more pointed, but Fargo has the advantage of being a ten-part miniseries, whereas this is a two-hour movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Shield season four, actually.
1: Oh no, that was like, like um, they they had like very explicit reference, like they literally said alternative facts and they made (laughs) references to Russians. interfering with their democracy, and they had a scene where, like, one of the Hydra dudes, just like, um, asking a lady to go furniture shopping with him.
0: Nevertheless, she she persisted. <laughs> Nevertheless,
1: she persisted. They literally said that line in Agents of Shield. Um,
0: I thought you liked that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of like it, but like, like in when you like analyze it, it's just it's it's just really really on the nose. I'm ta- the reason I like Fargo season three so much is because it's um. It's so ingrained in in the themes of the actual of the actual story, whereas in Ages of Shield, it they felt like um, not Easter eggs because they were so obvious, but just like, hey, we're paying attention these days. Like wink, like, <laughs> like,
2: wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, I definitely agree, and I do think that the. It seems like the next movie will lean more into the fake news thing than this one did. And it, it wasn't so much about the fake news culture as much as, um, you know, people sort of being more gullible as a result of, like, exceedingly wild real events.
0: Yeah, it's like the sense of warping the media and, like, how Mysterio is presented. How, like, he presents himself, like, when he like dies, question mark. I don't know, like, we don't know, I think, what really happens Oh, you there. can't fake out a
1: death twice and then only yeah, have him alive after that. That's, that's just me.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know, like, but I think, but yeah, like, in a sense of, like, how the pub- like, the public, fi- how a public figure is presented in the media, like, I think that's where the fake news almost, like, leans into. It's like, there are two Mysterios, like, the Mysterio by committee and, like, the Mysterio that is just Quentin Beck. Who like died a hero from Spider Man? If that makes any sense.
1: Manipulating the truth as a weapon, you know. Like yeah, that's, that's in real life. That's becoming a dangerous thing because uh, because deep fake is a thing, like deep faking. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
2: surprisingly timely release. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That's um, why I say
0: like it's the most important. I think it's like a wholly important film to watch like today. But
1: and honestly, like like the um the, the the J. Jonah Jameson Daily Bugle thing was just like the coda to that because I thought the the mysterious like the mysterio um plot line kind of used that pretty well. Like, I mean I think that was literally like his 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 dying words about um the truth, you know, like people believe what mm-hmm. they see. Um so not so not so much I mean it is there is like a an element of the public being gullible, but also just being able to manufacture a story that looks like the truth, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What such you all concept? Uh, This might be a tangent, so please stop me if you don't like it, but what do y'all make of the rest of the committee sort of getting away with, uh, there's like that scene of the data being downloaded to a hard drive or like a, a fob and then them running away. Um, what, what do y'all make of that?
1: I don't think they're going to do much with that afterwards because I think that was just kind of like, okay, we're screwed. Let's let's abandon ship. But um, Beck has this contingency plan in case all goes wrong. They deployed it. I assume they're just going to live anonymously with the rest of society.
0: Yeah, I assume part of that was like the video that like Mysterio eventually like, released to the public to the Daily Beagle. I assume like that was part of the contingency plan, but I think like they'll maybe like the guy who played um william maybe he'll make an appearance in like the third spider-man film but i don't think the rest of them
2: it's it's
1: not like they're gonna like form a cult like the children of mysterio and they all (laughs) they all wear their own homemade fish bowls and they're like we're going to (laughs) avenge our boy and like i don't think that's gonna happen
2: i i had this uh this dream it was not a theory it's just a dream (laughs) that um because so uh Nando over on uh, Nando V Movies had a video about like how they could do AIM in the MCU because they had a group called AIM in Iron Man Three, but yeah. they like it, they like brought it up for that movie. We didn't get to see any of the behind the scenes stuff, and then like they destroyed it. And he was really disappointed by that. And I was like, oh, they could do the same thing where this group of scientists is just you know. Now they're just bitter experts with lots of funding from, like, that 10 seconds they had Edith. um, And they can be the source of a bunch of villains in the future wearing aim tech or something like that. But probably not. Probably nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else? What else in terms of... um... I mean, the plot, plot and tone, is he? Is that what you want to do next?
0: Yeah, I see, yeah. Because I feel like we talked a lot about, like, these issues, like, sort of intermittently, like, throughout, like, with, like, a scene coming of age of, like, To Park and, like, the committee, but, like, the confusing portrayal of the committee of Mysterio. But, yeah, like, it says that, Thomas, do you want to talk about the Netherlands? I do <laughs> want to
2: talk about the Netherlands in terms of <laughs> plot and tone. I, is it cause... really that nice? <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, the... Okay, this is, like, the wrong time for this, but it still worked. That's why I want to talk about it, is because it shouldn't work. It should not. This is, like, Peter Parker's lowest low. This is, like, he doesn't even know what's real. Like, Mysterio's gonna go kill his friends. Like, he gave up everything. Um, he completely failed. He got hit by a train. He's been completely beaten up. And he wakes up in this jail cell... And then it's just, like, jokes about the Netherlands. <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh, everyone can speak such good English. And, oh, how nice it is. And Tulip Fields. And, oh, what a weird name this town has. And, like, that's the wrong time for this. Like, this should be his lowest low. But somehow it was fine. Like, I enjoyed <laughs> that part of this. And, like, like, they're doing this exchange where he's like, tell me something that only you could know. Um, which, like, you feel the resonance of him being like, I don't know what's real anymore. I'm completely doubting my own senses. And they're doing this in a tulip field in the Netherlands, and Happy responds with, like, a joke about how he watched porn in Berlin. Like, none of that should work. It should be wrong. It should be bad. On paper, I would have been like, send this back, do it better. (laughs) But I loved the hell out of the night scene. It was fantastic. Then uh, you no need that sense
1: of optimism. They are literally on a colorful flower field. You have to like, kind of bring the positivity back. But uh, yeah. I, I get what you mean. I just I I, I thought it was appropriate, honestly, because I, I just don't want it to be like. Grim and dour, because I think the 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 heart to heart that Happy and Peter have on the plane, I think that kind of um that that's exactly what they needed. You know, they, yeah. Just, yeah. they just they just need a crisis. <laughs> they just they a crisis.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the I think the maybe the light of the Netherlands like gave like the sequence in the plane like so much more emotional impact. And I didn't think like when when you see like Tom Holland's like eyes like super red in the trailer, like you don't. I didn't expect that to that sequence to be like towards the end of the movie. But it's it felt like more it could definitely felt like more impactful to me. But I totally see when you put all that together, you're like, yeah, this is like some Guardians Galaxy Volume Two level like exactly. total imbalance.
2: <laughs> what a time
1: uh what else the teen movie because izzy seemed to feel dread when the comic song showed up
0: like just like like it was like i loved it like the in the morning it was great but just like yeah like you see like you hear like um when the huge i will also this stuff you could come over the, over the credit scene and then you see like the comic stands like in memorial and you're like oh god like you know what's about to happen and it was i think it was the perfect start to that movie <laughs> like
2: uh, i <laughs> I have a very important story to share.
0: What was, what? oh no.
2: So in the theater, like I was in a completely packed theater. This was like opening night, like a primetime um, showing. And they do, I forget what the very first part of this was. Uh, Cause you no, know, it was like Nick Fury and Maria Hill. with like the earth elemental in Mexico. Oh right? yeah, yeah. 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 So that was like the very first part. Um, and then it fades to black. And then you start to hear
0: Whitney Houston.
2: Whitney Houston, and like the first couple notes started playing, and like I didn't know what to make of it at all. And my girlfriend just erupts in laughter. Like it still fades to black. We've only heard two words of the song, and she is cracking up. And the whole theater is silent. The whole theater is completely quiet. Like what is this insane girl doing? And then the comic sans comes on. I'm like, she got it before anyone else. This is going to be hilarious. And of course, like 30 seconds later, the entire audience is in hysterics over this stupid, stupid student-made memorial. Wow. It's like the least reverent way to pay homage to these characters. Oh, man. That was a I felt nervous
1: about laughing because I was like, oh, this is like, oh, they're – these are dead characters. Yep. I feel like I should yep. show respect, but, like, also, this is the, like, the, the funniest shit ever.
2: <laughs> it rode that edge, like, right, right to the end. That was perfect.
0: The worst part is that that's probably that might be the most memorial until the Black Widow movie comes out, that'll be the most memorial we will get of Natasha until the Black Oof. Widow movie comes out. Oof. Think, yeah,
1: the, the freaking like low quality <laughs> jpeg of vision and i i think, I think literally image...
0: pulled from like official art uh, It like, like of like was, was
1: like a getty images of of natasha at the un hearing it was it was, it was
2: great you man. know if, if you got me the most was they're, they're, like during the announcements they had like a picture of all the avengers in the corner but with like the solid thick color outlines on each of them like that—that that was high school Photoshop right there. They nailed that.
1: I also loved the. Well, first of all, they called it the blip, and I thought that was just like a high school thing. But apparently, that's like the official term for everyone coming yeah, back I don't from know the how Snap. I, feel about that. I don't but mind that term. It's, it's funny. It's mm. funny. Um,
2: it's, it was. It was Spider-Man appropriate. I don't know if I really want the MCU to continue. Yeah,
1: using like you. you blip. You're like you, we get to Black Panther too, and they're like saying the blip, but like seriously. <laughs> But I don't think they'll do that. So I, the they did a, it was very efficient because they were explaining the repercussions of that to the high school because the ki- the kids who remained they grew up five years, and one of them apparently became a, an Asian thirst trap named Brad. <laughs> but um, it, the way they kind of like added levity to that because. Watching a basketball game and then seeing, like, half the team and, like, half the bands get, like, turned into dust is traumatizing. But then when they come back um <laughs> five years later during a basketball game and, like, they're still playing their instruments and they get decked by the basketball players, that's the funniest shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you did two things at once. You, like, explain, like, the repercussions of this. But also... You made us laugh because this is a Spider Man movie.
2: Yeah, it, it didn't disavow any of the seriousness of that moment while still being the palate cleanser after Endgame that it wanted to be.
1: Yeah, it told, it, 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 um, it relayed the information we wanted, but in a very MCU Spider Man way. You know, like yeah. if, if, if the first movie to come after Endgame was like a Black Panther sequel or a sequel to like any of the other movies, like that would have been relayed in a very much in a different very way. Different, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like, I think that how they retold that like was absolutely perfect. Like,
2: Can we take like 30 seconds and talk about the teacher whose wife pretended to have blitzed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> because that shit oh,
2: has kept God. me up at night. <laughs>
1: God, It's like we were wondering about that, like oh, like we were like, we were asking serious questions, like um, oh, what happens if like um, someone's spouse gets dusted and they, you know, they're heartbroken and then they they remarry during the five years and then what happens when their spouse is back and you know instead of answering questions like that, they just like went to the more absurd scenarios of like oh, what if they yeah. pretended to be dusted? <laughs> They held a funeral for her. Like the the way he's like describing it so casually, just like goes to show just how miserable this dude's life is. Um, that oh, and like the the thirty second sequence when you know that his camera is gonna fall in the water.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, so here's here's my thing because this gets back to like one of my one of my biggest disagreements with Izzy's article is the first like forty five minutes of this movie, I was hooked. I was, in, I was it not was a, hooked. <laughs> it was a teen drama. There was no superhero shit. and I was It was excited. Euro Trip! It was a European vacation movie! I and that's why I wanted it. All the tropes, all these ridiculous characters that were on the trip, all the like silliness involved with that, like the High stakes of like trying to get with MJ, but oh no, like Brad. Like the politics of
1: like I'm trying to like sit down on a certain scene in the airplane and then then my dumbass teacher was who's like concerned (laughs) about allergies ruins this. Like, oh my god, that's great. This is
2: cool. I will tell you that when that was happening, I expected to be disappointed when the superhero shit started. That was my like my, my expectation was like. Oh man, I am like gonna hate it when they start doing like generic Marvel action stuff. I didn't. That was it. Was also good and like transitioned well. But like I wanted just the teen romance movie. Like maybe not a two hour version. Maybe like a uh, one hour and fifteen minute version of teen romance. <laughs> I would have watched the shit out of that.
0: that maybe one. in. Maybe I have maybe because like Thomas, you know my romantic history is not great. I do. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I have like maybe I have like triggers from that but like I will I will say that like I I will say like there because like yeah there were points where like like during that sequence I was like oh this is not gonna end up the way Peter wants to go at all and like I those politics like yeah like I related to those but like I tore like like the drone strike on the like the drone strike on Brad on the bus I was like and how Brad was being super aggressive especially after like he catches Peter which I also want to like ask you about Thomas, Chris. Yes. When you take off your clothes, do you pull your pants off first, or do you take off your shirt?
1: Pull oh, my shirt, but also I <laughs> wouldn't take off. I would not take off my clothes if I were underage for an older woman, unless you're my doctor.
0: Why do you take your pants off first? Uh, oh, that was so. Sh- <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs>
2: uh, I see your complaint, and also I can tell you that, like, in a situation where you're uncomfortable, I feel like even subconsciously peter parker would take his shirt off first to be like look i have an attractive body under here there's nothing to be ashamed of this is a good thing and then take that final step on the other hand maybe he's the type of person to get like the worst over with first and he's like maybe i can just like put the pants on real quick and then it's an easy change i, I don't know i don't know maybe
1: okay maybe you put maybe he's putting on the suit legs first And then after he puts the the legs on, then he takes off his shirt, then he puts the rest of the suit on because it goes like like upwards, you
2: know? That's fair. I just like I don't feel like I'm in a position to really critique like that decision. Get over here, Mythbusters.
0: (laughs) I just I'm just confused as a woman, but that's an aside. Um back to sort of talking with Thomas about our disagreements. Um I think it's like I think I was just, like, in and out at points. Because, like, most of the sequences, like, the first, like, like the self, I think, because the sh- um, the trailers definitely, like, show more sequences than others to prevent, like, spoilers, obviously. And so, like, most of what you saw was, like, I believe most of what you saw in the trailers was the first half of this movie. So by the time I was watching it, I was kind of like, yeah, I've seen this already. I've seen, like, this big fight sequence, like, in Venice, like, with the fire and everything. And, like, I know the self-suit exists, not the night monkey suit. Um, like I just and maybe I maybe I just felt like from the marketing that I'd seen so much that like I know, like like I know it's like this is that part of the movie, so I'm just like sitting in like along for the ride. I don't know if I explained that correctly, but like maybe maybe that's where like my sort of lack maybe that's where like I guess like lack of interest came from, or I, yeah,
2: I guess so. But once it's revealed how. Glenn Beck is doing his illusions. I think that the finale was also obvious. Like, like where maybe, maybe not going
0: into the movie, but going into the
2: finale, like, I play out.
0: Yeah, I think, like, because if you know Mysterio, you know how, like, the you, I, cause, like, I think, like, because I think I called, like, the plot of, like, Mysterio's character from, like, the beginning, like,
2: oh, like, this multiverse shit isn't real. Like, yeah, lots of people did. It wasn't, like, it was, it was a well done twist, but it wasn't a, Twisty Twist. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. Really? You think Twisty Twist was the best way to describe something?
0: <laughs> like, it was, yes, exactly. Yes. Twisty Twist. Yes, so. No.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered.
0: <laughs> that's a hashtag for this episode Twisty Twist.
2: Nope. <laughs> Make nope. it happen. Nope. <laughs> that's, that's
0: the title. Spider Man Twisty
2: Twist. Only
1: slightly not as worse as Peter Jingle. Uh.
2: Okay, that was a joke I did not like. But that was a joke I, I did not like either. What I did enjoy was how, like Tom Holland's acting in response to Happy Hogan saying Peter Tingle like three times, was potentially Oscar worthy. Go back, <laughs> watch those sequences, <laughs> look at it, because they didn't give him any lines. It's crazy to me that they did not give him any lines to say in response to that, and he just had to act. Everything that was going on, like, this whole, like, he's, like, had this coming-of-age moment, like, he's gonna be, like, he's gonna be the hero, he's gonna save the day, he's gonna clean up what he broke, like, he's taking charge, and then he just has to, like, take this Peter Tingle, and, like, he just lets it slide, but you can tell how much it pains him, and it comes back again, and you're like, is he gonna say something, is he gonna say something, and you can see him, like, straining, and just, like, ah, like, <laughs> best acting, <laughs> best acting. <laughs> It was incredible. Uh, it He's was funny the first time. They just kept bringing the, the joke back. It was just yeah. Fun. I didn't like yeah. the joke. I just liked what they did with it.
0: Yeah, that's Tom Holland's special talent.
2: Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was Ned. <laughs> I didn't like Ned in this movie. Interesting. Interesting. I think they basically just benched him with this uh, hammed up relationship thing which was funny at points but i was really disappointed that they let it go as far as it did because they like he straight up was not the man in the chair for this um and was like mostly absent from the film and i was like but everybody loved ned and why did you do this to him I guess it was, like, just, like, a, a packed <laughs> movie and you couldn't fit more in. But you did yeah. fit in a lot of Ned. It was just...
0: Ned and not what you wanted. And, him to do. And, yeah, not the Ned Betty. that
2: we wanted. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought that was a weird choice. And I'm like, if you want to have Ned not be in this movie as much, I, I guess so. Because it's, like, filled with other good stuff. But, like, if you want to put Ned in the movie this much, don't have it be this version of Ned.
0: I actually was kind of sad when like Ned and Betty broke up. I do agree that like, (laughs) I do agree that like, yeah, I think the fact that you had Ned and Betty instead of just Ned, like that was like, okay, like I miss it, but I can live with like what's going on in this movie right now. Like I could deal with it, I think. But I I think I would have preferred to see like more of like Ned. But I think I'd like just more of like just Ned. I do think though that Ned... Acted as like a good support like emotional support for peter parker because like he's going through all this shit and, like ned and, like nick fury's messing with like his high school trip and like his plans to get mj and Ned just felt like a good he's like he doesn't Ned just felt like yeah like you're going through a lot of shit but just know that i'm here even though i'm with betty like i'm still here for you i think i appreciate like that but that was a joke mentality
2: like, the joke was, I'm still here for you, even though I'm with Betty. And then he's constantly with Betty and, like, always running off and, like, not available. Uh,
0: I feel like maybe I could like, still sense, like, that emotion from him. I'm also maybe biased because Jacob bought long- you know. And, like, you gotta support, like, your local stars. But.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wanted a good Ned. I just genuinely don't think we got it. Like, I, I felt like he was not available and that that was, like, the butt of... His characters like joke.
1: I his presence was still. He still had such a presence that like I didn't even notice that. To be honest, I was I was totally fine with his his um his hijinks. I mean, granted, he was very much like the damsel in distress most of this movie. Like more yeah. so than MJ.
2: <laughs> well, more more than that, he was just like um, Spider Man needed someone to say things out loud to so that the audience could hear it. So, like, that's what he was. Um, it's fine. I didn't but, know so uh, uh, My favorite line of his was when um, he's like, where is it going to happen? And people like, here. And it's like, but, Peter, we're here. And just like, <laughs> like, can you got more of that? Like, that, that I was like, yes, that's, like, classic Ned. Like, the not helpful, like, helper. Like, that's exactly what we need. But he was so absent from so much of it. I was like, all right, Fine.
1: That's valid. I, I didn't mind, but that's valid.
2: Um, do we want to talk about the post credit scene so that we can wrap one up? One more thing. Nick Fury's hours? a
1: cop. Nick Fury's a goddamn yes. cop. Leave, leave the 16-year-old boy alone. Granted, we did find out something at the end that made Which will get
0: to soon. Was weird,
2: but yeah. yeah. About-
0: Thomas, <laughs> I have one more quick point, I guess, to ask you. Okay. Did you not like the Happy and Aunt May stuff?
2: I did
0: not like the happy amount. I love that so much. It was a
2: waste, was a waste of time to me. I, no, I thought yeah. it was so yeah, Chris, funny.
0: Chris it was, was, was
1: unbelievable. It
0: was believable.
1: Just... first of all. Second, it just, I, I don't know. I felt no, nothing. No,
0: it was cute. And, like, by the end, when, like. It
2: was not cute.
0: It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree that, like, the fake, that, like, he was like, look, I've been through a lot. Like, my trust is gone. Like, I don't like how they shifted that. I don't like how, I guess, like, the total shift, I guess, like, from, like. Are you two dating? Like I didn't like how yes, like, how it was set up, but at the end when like Ami's like no and Happy's like yes, that was so funny. I was like, oh yeah, my god! That was god. the
2: only that was the only good part of that whole thing, and it wasn't worth it.
0: Yes, it was okay. That's okay. We'll talk about this later. Let's get to the post credit stuff <laughs> and what happens now.
1: So right when, um, right when you know the title, the credit sequence ends and then you get to the mid credit scene right when um Pete landed on the ground carrying MJ knowing that like they were still like the the movie was still having us in New York City and there would probably be like screens everywhere i was like oh god even before they got to the news report even before they got the breaking news i was like I whispered to my, my friend M, who's right next to me, I was like, this better be J. Jonah Jameson. Then, he climbs on the lamppost, you hear a voice, breaking news, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, are they gonna do it? And he kind of cock you a little bit, it's like, okay, just this breaking news report about Mysterio, you know, doing his fake old thing. And it's like, and now we have this clip from the Daily Bugle, and then I was like ready. Right when they cut to J. Jonah Jameson sitting on the desk, I you guys know me. I'm usually very reserved while I'm watching movies. Very. I'm not a hype man like Anthony. Yes, I think I screamed a little bit. <laughs> and I like pumped. I pumped my fist up. I think I said. I said, I think I dropped the f bomb in public, <laughs> and I loved it. Like it. It was just everyone's been asking for it and you know i, I have a mixed feelings about fan service in general but like that's the fan service that i want
0: <laughs> yes i feel like if they i feel like if they knew they did if they didn't catch a case they'd, like they'd be more people would be more upset at them for like yeah, the
2: entire <laughs> that's what blows my mind is because like everybody has been saying like the debate in the in the fans has been like oh bring back J. Joe and jameson and people are like oh but no one's gonna do better than like that previous. Uh, what was the extra name like jk simmons. jk simmons J. like no one could do a better J.J. jk simmons so like what's the point and marvel's just like hey uh do we have money yeah we got money <laughs> let's just get him back let's do it because we can make everyone happy god God, Marvel is so good at their jobs.
1: People <laughs> thought that um, that J.K. Simmons being Commissioner Gordon in the DC movies was was going to like disqualify him, but I don't think they have very strict exclusivity clauses in their contracts, like at all.
0: Like for like being in get like, a DC movie and stuff.
1: Whoa. Yeah, I mean, like you know that didn't stop Brolin from being both Thanos and Cable. You know, like the fighting like, straight up said, like we don't have like exclusivity clauses like that. So I assume DC does not either
0: yeah maybe it's like a social exclusivity class like you can't play like i just noticed i just saw something you. you can't play like iron man in like lex Lither. like maybe like just like socially like shouldn't happen but like contractually probably if the timing works out but like in the eyes of the people that's like like they'll look at you in like a weird suspicious way like why are you doing this like we know sure. you're iron man like um, i don't know
1: my only question is, is J. Jonah Jameson actually going to have a role in the next movie, or is that just, like, a, a nod to fans? fans? Uh, because we, we, if he's in... I guess he can be in the next movie, but it'll be a very different dynamic than we're used to, because, you know, you're not going to get, Parker, get me pictures of Spider-Man! Because, you know, for obvious reasons, he knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They never trip- had a previous Sabbath relationship. So I'm, I'm just wondering what the consequences of the identity reveal is because that completely changes the dynamic of spider-man uh, i
2: i was um i liked the j, j. jameson bit but because it was one 2 with like peter parker's identity being announced to the world i like couldn't enjoy it i i was like what are they gonna do with this this is such an important part of the character that they're like throwing out the window, and like now everything's just gonna be a mess for so long. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it was a good decision, but we'll see what they do with it. I did yeah. really like the characterization of uh, J. Jonah Jameson being the uh, new info like in that universe. Like they used very like, explicitly InfoWars y um, design for his show and like the background setup. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a perfect a The time. design and the it, set
1: definitely was like, that was just straight up Alex yeah. Jones right there. Yeah.
2: Um, it also, like, plays in with the themes and all that good, kind of good stuff. So I, I liked that. I didn't like that they revealed his identity. I don't know how they're going to put that back in the bottle or how they're going to adjust to it now that it's out. It feels... I don't know. It feels like they're like kind of throwing away a lot of what made this incarnation of Spider-Man Spider-Man. At
1: the same time, you know, in terms of using the plot point of, oh shit, um, people people who I love are in danger because of my secret identity. I can only handle that plot line. I can only handle that plot line for so many different movies. And to see um a giant ass signal saying okay we're not gonna do that plot anymore i like that i mean it's they're going to find a different way to tell spider man story granted like they have to do a they have to like have the writing in they have to, they have to like do a very good job to justify that um that radical change but i would be interested to see what happens when because you know it was it, it's always been like the conflict between being spider-man and being peter parker and now those have collided with each other and just like how homecoming the at the end of homecoming kind of like broke tradition by having aunt may figure out the thoughtful well, not figure out but literally see. find yeah literally see um who he is and then the next step is like you know what if his identity is just out there you know, um. I'm interested to see what, what heh, Spider-Man three would be, Spider-Man something something home.
2: Um, <laughs> You're right.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I you know, um I, my my friend Ann was like, Oh, I bet um New York is still going to stand with Spider-Man and the next movie is going to be New York versus the world.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> <Fully. laughs> uh, so my worry is think about the Aunt May reveal where like there's so much suspense built up on that post-credits from Homecoming where you're like, oh my god, how's she gonna react? Like, is she gonna try and prevent him from being Spider-Man because she's worried about him? Like, is this gonna be a point of contention? Like, is she gonna tell people? And then in Far From Home, the movie <laughs> didn't seem interested in dealing with that. He's chill about it, yo. This
1: is like whatever. She's
2: the cool she, like, aunt. Make she does fundraisers and capitalizes on his like fame and stuff and I, I don't know. I'm really worried that it becomes the kind of thing where, like, they try not to deal with it. Like, he sits in class and teachers, like, uh, Parker, if you're not too busy being Spider Man, could you please, you know, answer a question on the board or something like that? You know, like, I don't, I, I'm afraid of that because I feel like they might do
0: it.
1: I think it's- the, all, the other element is that they think he murdered a man.
0: Right. Yeah. I think so like then, yeah, yeah. I think it'll. I think all like, I all I'll say about it and I'll I'll To hurry up because I need to go in like two minutes. Uh, like oh, in two okay, minutes. Cool. But like, I think I think how I think like how I feel about the reveal will depend on the quality of the next movie and how they handle it. Because I also exactly. would not be surprised if like in somewhere between that and the next movie they do like a Mephisto kind of thing where like in the comics like peter makes a deal with mephisto like he can oh no, don't do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah like ah. like that kind of deal i wouldn't be surprised like that could be interesting but i don't think i i don't know if i'd like it either like that could be a thing but like it definitely depends on like what the next movie is like out for of all to...
1: the comic storylines to adapt that would be like the worst the most controversial one to adapt don't do it don't do it
2: listen to chris yeah don't do it amy pascal
1: so... don't do it
2: what, I, I know Izzy has to leave. I want to try and on this podcast just like project like what is the, the story? Because these Spider-Man movies have been pretty good about handling a story element that goes hand in hand with the plot. Like this one is about um, stepping up into the legacy of sort of the Avengers who have been lost. What is this next one even about? Like what does that publicity stand for to Peter? Is it like not needing to be liked? Is he going to be really paranoid about his image and learn to just like who cares
0: it has to be like a holy like as i mentioned at the start it should be like holy spider-man like there shouldn't have to like if the villain is connected to tony stark in some way then like you've already lost on me like i think it has to be something like out of i think would be really interesting if like the villain was born out of like the revelation that spider-man is just this high school kid like a syndrome kind of deal like if the villain is purely bored out of Peter's mistake and out of Peter's reputation. Like, just something sort of spurned from that. Like, it should be wholly contained within this Spider-Man Marvel trilogy. I think, like, it should be him grappling with being in the public eye, almost a little bit like how Iron Man 2, like, dealt with, like, yeah, Tony Stark is now, like, openly Iron Man and is famous. Almost like the converse or, like, the or the... Other side of that, it's like yeah, people think like Peter is like a murderer. This is no, because this is why I am
2: genuinely. Movie is because like there's no, I don't, I can't come up with anything that would be fun for them to do for me. Um, so if it's like uh, Mysterio revealed his identity at the end of the last movie, and now like gangs are after his aunt or MJ or whatever, that wouldn't be fun i wouldn't enjoy that i think and like or like what if it's that okay he's wanted for murder so he has to go like on the lamb or something like that like i don't think that would be fun either if it's that like he's trying to prove that he's not spider-man like that's boring because like his this incarnation of spider-man has not been as um centered around the secret identity i feel Like, that has been a factor. Like, he's had to sneak out of classes and stuff, and people have asked questions, but like, he has not been like pressed to reveal it by anybody. He has not like gone to great lengths to um, obscure his identity or like had to choose between his identity and like life, for example. Um, Like, in the Venice scene, he's like, Oh, people will see me. I'll just put on the Venetian mask because I'm (laughs) in Venice. Like, the movies have not been concerned with secret identity other than as a. Tension. So to pay this off, that you're sort of cashing in a check that that there's no money in the in the account. Like I don't buy his identity as a central theme for him, but maybe they'll surprise. I mean, it is more so like they they'll probably surprise me, but it I'm not looking to it right now.
1: I'll say about what I'm hoping from the next movie is that I hope they really get into the relationship between um, Spider-Man and the city of New York City. Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, I know Izzy, you have to go, so we might not have time to uh, talk about the Cree scrolls. Scrolls. Sorry.
0: Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, I really have to go. Um. Should we just do closing then?
2: Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then me and Chris will record an entire two-hour scrolls episode.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah
1: that's <laughs> cool
2: that's all i have to say
0: yeah i'll probably just give my handle and then i'll like pop out and send the audio later okay
2: okay <laughs> cool sounds good all
0: right um you can follow me at delirion and yeah
2: cool bye. thank
0: you <laughs> no bye bye
1: right uh i'm a competitorizer uh thomas
2: <sighs> where are you on twitter you can follow me at thomas underscore ap marvel no spaces. The A P M all capitalized. Welcome to the fold. Um, welcome to this trash platform. Would you like to? Uh, would you like to talk about how much I dragged my feet on this? A couple minutes. Uh, I mean,
1: it's not really much of a story. I mean, it's like I was like giving you specific instructions on how to like create
2: your brand accounts, and I um, I feel like every step of this process took like a one week delay and at least three complaints from me. But uh, it literally just told
1: you like, "Yo, change change your display name," which I don't think you did. And I I tried tried, and it
2: was taken. Oh really? Thomas so,
1: APM is taken.
2: Yes, it is. That's so
1: stupid. Oh, just change your display name to just like Thomas Rasmussen or Thomas Raz or whatever the hell it was before, because unless you just want to stay anonymous, yeah, and just sense. be Thomas APM. But um, that's up to you. Um, yeah, follow Thomas. You know, like I, I don't think you're gonna use that like very personally. I don't think you're gonna like tweet. Yeah. So this is what cons. I'm eating for dinner today. Pro
2: uh, cons of uh, following my Twitter. Pro, not gonna clutter your newsfeed. You know, it's going to be very minimal I like impact Anthony no. on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be low, low, low uh, thing. And then, you know, when I do deign to uh, post a tweet, it'll be probably something that, like, really sparked my interest. Something that I'm like, yeah, people are going to like this. Hopefully it'll yeah. be good quality. Uh, I cons, th- following my Twitter, that's like a, that's pretty risky gamble on my sense of uh, what would be good for people to see or read. So... Honestly, just just say your
1: opinions on movies that you see. You know,
2: like um, uh, I'll, I'll, I can teach you how to make threads on Twitter. Oof! You know? um, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> try a few. I should try a few sad old caps tweets before I get into uh, the advanced Jeez. stuff.
1: All right. Well, I'm training Thomas. Is what you have to know. Um, Here we go. Well, if you Thomas want to follow us, Twitter overall, training isn't. In- <laughs> So you get paid lessons, but um. Anyway, AP Marvel is also on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Um, we are gonna try to move away from medium. I've been saying this like week after week, but uh, things are really starting to move for that. Other than that, uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube, and literally like anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give to our Patreon so we can start paying guest writers. Um, Check out our website. Check out our Discord. Talk to us about what you thought of Far From Home in our spoiler channel in our Discord server. Um, Big shout out to a friend of the show, Kayla Juett, who was on the show um, for our Thor mental health episode. She is now part of Uppercut crit uh, uppercut the video game website uh primarily focused for uh queer folks uh formerly known as Yorgie gal which was founded by caitlin galise roe who has also been on the show kayla also hosts the snap the snap mcu which is uh which is meant to be a recap podcast for everything up to endgame um i don't know if it'll be out by the time of this release but kayla's uh new episode on spider-man far from home features one chris compendio
2: so uh
1: look out for that i feel like i might have regurgitated stuff i said on her podcast on this show but i listen to both you know i think there's a, a wide range of opinions um it's a cool episode because i also talk about my I am asked, I'm interrogated about my top three MCU movies, so if you don't know them already for some reason, um, listen to the tail end of that podcast episode, because I I go off and like my philosophy on what makes a good MCU movie, uh, and that makes me nice. Yeah, yeah, very no, nice. I'm, I'm really excited, you know, just, just check out Kayla's other stuff, you know, like... um. her recaps are much better than
2: ours
1: (laughs) um they they go movie by movie whereas we tried to stuff
2: it all in like by phase which uh
1: thomas knows had some mixed results
2: it's mixed mixed (laughs) is a good word so what's weird about this uh podcast episode chris uh in terms of release yeah, if you're listening to this before
1: Thursday, um, that means you're a patron, which we thank you for. Um, yeah, but otherwise, if you're listening to this normally, just on your regular podcast provider, um, I, again, you know, we're we're trying to change up the Patreon tiers and rewards. We want to make it more enticing for people to support us. Uh, but if you do even just throw us a dollar every month. You can probably get early access to episodes like this. Obviously, this was a weird case because Far From Home came out on a Tuesday instead of Friday. They moved it up by three days, which is very strange. But, you know, uh, we also have other cool stuff like uh, Tony's Film Corner. We have uh, Marvel Musings on our um, Patreon page. Thomas, you had a really wonderful one about the Gemini Man trailer. (laughs) Why, thank you yeah yeah um a a lot of goodies and again we're trying to come up with uh more incentives so look out for that i think july is going to be a big month which i probably said for june but things got delayed so uh hopefully it's july not august not september not october but july big month for ap marvel uh we'd like to thank as always charles villanueva for the graphics and the help he gave for our uh, video editing. I know he gave you some, uh, essential
0: tips,
2: Thomas, you yeah, know, for, um, one marvelous, uh, scene. And thank you to Steve Molotar for the music for the track
1: jazz Vengers." And thank so... you to all of our patrons, especially the ones who are listening right now in early access. We will see you next week. Uh, I believe on the schedule we have. Uh, we did a cat episode last week. I think we're doing an Iron Man one next week. After that, uh, I think a eulogy for Natasha Romanoff, even though she's getting her own damn movie next year. And uh, maybe we'll finally do the Civil War, Civil War that we've been talking maybe about. Maybe we Thomas. will. Maybe we will. Actually, yeah, problems, battle lines are me. being Let's talk drawn. About that after. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to recruit people. So anyway, we'll Still see you next time. Say goodbye to the people, Thomas. Goodbye, people.
2: Goodbye. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Bye.